I'm Zoe Rosenberg. And I'm Asat Zerkat. And this is The Appeal, the Curved Podcast. Interior design is something that I think intimidates a lot of people. Even if they're interested in design and and have strong tastes, they don't really know how to bring their ideas into fruition in their own homes. But in the age of Pinterest and Instagram, it's becoming more accessible than ever. Yeah, advice and inspiration are out there in spades. And today we're going to be talking to someone who has a lot of um, advice and wisdom to share, Nicole Gibbons, an interior designer based right here in New York City. You might recognize Nicole from her stints on The Rachel Ray Show or from her Oprah Winfrey Network show, Homemade Simple. So we're going to be chatting with Nicole about uh, her trajectory from working in fashion to being an interior designer and really building her brand. Stay tuned. So we like to start every interview with guests with the same question, which is um, when you're at a cocktail party, how how do you describe what you do? I'm an interior designer. I like to keep it short and simple. And uh, so, yeah, I just focus on kind of like the main tenet of my career, because even though I do other things, media and work as an expert, it all boils down to my role as a designer. So that's the short and sweet answer. Yeah. Because everybody understands that. Right. Exactly. Like that's something that people are going to be like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. 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 Um, But you, I, I understand you came to the design profession sort of like in a roundabout way. Can you tell us a little bit about how you became an interior designer? Yeah, so I should backtrack because my mom was an interior designer. I grew up with a decorator mother. I grew up around the industry in Michigan, which is a very different environment than the New York design community. But still, I've always been exposed to good design. So I've always loved design and I've always had a passion and an appreciation for it. But um, growing up, I never thought I wanted to follow my mother's footsteps or, you know, um, work in design as a career. Um, I was much more interested as a young girl in medicine. I thought Mm -hmm. I wanted to be a doctor. And then I went to college and started taking advanced science classes. And I was like, screw this. I'm not doing this for the next 12 years. What can I do that's fun? Um, And then, you know, I had a really strong interest in broadcast journalism. So Mm -hmm. I went to Northwestern and they have a great journalism program. I studied communication, but I started, you know, doing journalism extracurriculars and taking journalism classes. And and I wanted to be the next Sean Robinson from Access Hollywood. (laughs) At the time. And then I realized I wasn't really passionate enough about journalism to be like one man banding in South Dakota after graduation to be on air. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I took a PR internship um, in fashion and I thought it was really fun. It was here in New York. I loved being in New York. I loved being around the fashion industry. So I didn't put a ton of pressure on myself to figure it out. I was like, I'll just work in fashion until I figure out my life. It'll be fun. I'll be 21 <laughs> in New York. like, And that's what I did. So yeah. um, I worked in fashion PR. And then while I was at that job, I I started my blog as sort of a hobby. I didn't have, you know, any real hobbies. And it was back when blogging first became a thing. It was 2008, um, January, when I launched the blog. And through the process of writing that blog, I realized that I was incredibly passionate about design. And that's when I sort of started thinking about a career shift. Mm-hmm. Was your mom like, yes, got her? <laughs> Actually, no. She was really? like, you don't want to be a designer. It's hard. Like, she was mm, totally she like talk. negative Nelly about it. <laughs> but I was like, whatever. I'm a hustler. Like, I'll make it happen. And yeah. th- the other thing, too, is I didn't want to just be an interior designer running a design firm. My goal was always to become a brand. Mm. And I was always inspired by the Martha Stewart business model. And um, so that was really the, the bigger goal rather than just be a designer in someone's living room helping them pick out curtains for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. you know? For and sure. uh, so that's what I've been working on. Very, that's very forward thinking. My mom is also an interior designer. I feel like I have to, <laughs> oh, to yeah. roll that out there. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Zoe's mom, if you're listening. <laughs> Hi, <laughs> mom. Yeah, exactly. My mom is not an interior designer, <laughs> but also kind of in the art world. So here the three of us are. All, yeah. I think, you know. I think good creative genes are inherited. You mm-hmm. know, like my, I come from a family of musicians and, you know, creative people. So it's just kind of in the blood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you started the blog, I mean, you said January 2008, that was kind of like the golden age of blogging. Yeah. Everybody had a blog or knew someone who had a blog or wanted to be blogging. Um, Curved was founded, yeah. not, you know, Roughly around, around that when time. Curved started, yep. Exactly. So, you know, what was that like? I mean, I'm imagining you had to pull on those journalism skills that you did acquire in your time, um, you know, blogging and, and learning the, the tools of the trade. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think my journalism skills helped me with the writing portion of it. But I really, the blog had no agenda. You know, now people run their blogs as businesses. Back then, it was purely a hobby. I had no agenda. I had no sponsors, no advertising. I made not one cent off of the blog. So I was purely just writing about what I loved and things that caught my eye and places I got to experience that I thought were, you know, inspiring. And it was, you know, it was just a place where I could explore my interest in design. And um, I think that was was when blogging was at its purest form. You know, now it's a little bit, I hate to use this word, but diluted a little bit Mm -hmm. because, you know, everybody has sponsors, you have advertisers, you have branded content. And um, I think that original authenticity um, isn't isn't as pure as um, as it was when you know, I was just blogging for fun. Yeah. yeah. So what was the blog called when it started? So the blog was called Sohot, and I was blogging anonymously because I had a day job and I was afraid my like job would find out and be <laughs> mad. So I picked like a really random name that really had no meaning. It was a headline in Teen Vogue. And it was like, I don't know, some little pop tart lid is, oh, so hoped. It was like the headline. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's cute. It wasn't taken. So I literally just chose it from a headline in Teen Vogue because it sounded cute. In hindsight, I probably should have put my name in there. Um, I'm yeah. actually in the process of rebranding the blog to be called Nicole Gibbon Style. So okay. that'll be up in the next couple weeks. Okay. Oh, so nice. if folks want to find the blog now, they can find it at Soho. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah. And I like that pun. <laughs> you know, it's like so hot. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. It was into cute. it. It was a cute play on words at the time. And, uh, you know, now I think um, my career has evolved so much and I've evolved so much. So I really want the blog to reflect kind of where I am today. And that's that's sort of what people see coming soon. Yeah. And, and speaking of your blog, one of the most recent things that's up on it, you did a redesign of... Adrian Seymour's living living room? Yeah. Or was it the entire apartment? It was her living room and bathroom. Her living okay. room and bathroom. For those who don't know, Adrian Seymour plays Black Cindy on Orange is the New Black, and this room is stunning. It's it's Thank really you. not we're not just saying yeah. this because you're sitting here, but it is lovely. <laughs> yeah, we were both. We were like, where are those slipper chairs it. from? Yeah. So <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. So Adrian and I actually went to college together at Northwestern. So Funny. we knew each other from the college days and we still have a ton of mutual friends. And um, you know, Adrian has had a tremendous success with her role in Orange is a New Black and she um, you know, had this apartment and was like, I'm really ready to decorate. I want my apartment to look sophisticated and grown up and she was telling this to one of our mutual friends and she's like you should call Nicole so she called me up and then I brought in a couple of brand partners Lowe's and ATG stores and they helped um, furnish her place and we worked together on this fun little collab and it turned out beautifully and the before and after is ridiculous like the before it's pictures drastic. Yeah, yeah it's so light and airy yeah, yeah. No. The befores are up on the blog for anyone to go check it out, but it's um, it's a very dramatic difference, and I think that's like that's what it's about. It's about uh, design is transformative, you know. So to take a space that maybe lacked personality or lacked style and make it into something that 
makes you go well when you walk through the door. You know, that's like, that's cool. You know, that's what that's why I do what I do. And it's really rewarding. And Adrienne loves it. She was like, you know, the, the first night she had all her furniture. She texted me. She's like, I've been in this room until 3 a.m. because I didn't, didn't want to leave. <laughs> like, it's, I've been sitting on the couch just looking around. It's amazing. That and must like, be the best feedback. Yeah. yeah. So great. Yeah, it is. Interior design, I think, is really intimidating to, to folks who know what they want and kind of have ideas about what would feel right in their space, but don't know how to get from the idea to like actually having the room look like what's in their imagination. Where do you start when you're working with a new client who, you know, might either have ideas or might only have like a vibe that they're going for? Yeah, it's really, it's a little bit of detective work to try to boil down what their taste level really is and what their aesthetic really is. And my job is to kind of take their aesthetic and their wish list and make it even better than they can imagine. Um, I find that most people don't know how to articulate what they like, but they know it when they see it and they know how to articulate what they don't like. <laughs> so, We're all very good at that. <laughs> um, so, you know, we like, I like to look at inspiration pictures. I think Pinterest is a really great tool. Um, if I find that a client really has a difficult time um, describing what they want, I will tell them to go on Pinterest and pin images that inspire them. And usually I can look at 10 or 15 pictures that they've chosen and boil down the key elements that they're drawn to. So it might be like, oh, every one of these rooms have a tufted sofa or every one of these rooms have white walls or every one of these rooms have a touch of red in it. You know, and I can find those common themes and use that to kind of help guide and inform my um, my design choices. Yeah, that's a great strategy. I think people can do on their own too if they're not lucky enough to be able to enlist you to <laughs> transform their space. That is like, a hot tip. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a great idea. Yeah. Maybe I should do that myself. <laughs> Pinterest, man. Pinterest is everything. I use Pinterest daily. I'm addicted. It's just such a great place to catalog inspirational things, mm. like whether it's recipes or food or rooms or, you know, love Pinterest. Mm. Um, so earlier you were starting to say that you, um, your end goal was always to create your own personal brand. Yeah. Um, and I think you are probably making great strides doing that now that you are a presence on the Oprah Winfrey Network. <laughs> uh, can you tell us a little bit about your show? Can you tell us a little bit about Homemade Simple? Yeah, for sure. I'm on a show. It airs on own Saturday mornings at 9 and 9.30. It's called Homemade Simple. And there are four designers on the show. And every week you'll see one of us tackle a room renovation for a very deserving family. So it's usually people with you know extreme circumstances. Maybe they've adopted a, a ton of kids or they've done really good in their community or um, it's a, a widow who's starting over after losing her husband. So it's all very sort of heartwarming, endearing stories. Um, and that's really what the show is centered around is these families and their stories. And the design is just kind of like the hook to tie it all together. But it's also super rewarding because a lot of times the people in the show really need the makeovers. Um, you know, I've worked on episodes for Habitat for Humanity. Like I did a, um, a makeover in Compton for this woman who was the first person in Southern California to pay off her Habitat for Humanity mortgage early and she was just like this amazing hardworking woman like just you know and never had the opportunity to really make her home beautiful and so you know when you work on projects like that it's just super super rewarding and it's also fun to get to say that Oprah's my boss (laughs) (laughs) yes exactly you have to tell us what is what is she like tell us everything (laughs) I have actually never met Oprah so I don't you know I can't well call us up the moment you do we want all the details (laughs) yes I need her to show up on set you know next time I'm filming and like, hey, what's up, Nicole? Yeah, exactly. No, I don't, um, unfortunately, get to see uh, Oprah. Every time I'm in the own offices, though, I'm always peeking around. Like, is she You never know what corner she's around. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But it's 
great. You know, doing television, um, it's it's another extension of what I do as a designer. And um, I think I kind of got off track when I was t- talking about my career tra- trajectory. But, you know, when I started the blog, I also started a design business. And I was side hustling because I had a day job. And it was in the height of the recession. So you were you were fashion PRing, blogging, and and side designing <laughs> and oh side side hustling as a designer. Wow. <laughs> and so when I left that job January of 2013 after like, you know, I felt a little bit more comfortable with where things were um, with the economy and stuff like that, I um, you know, I spent the first 6 months working on trying to find opportunities in television because I felt like that was a harder nut to crack than getting a client. Um, so I just spent a ton of time networking, going out to LA, meeting with representation. Um, through that kind of networking and hustling, I booked a web series to do a four video series for Pure One. Um, and sort of once I booked that, I had a really strong reel and um, you know I started meeting with agents and then the own opportunity came about and it's really just kind of grown from there. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's been really fun. You know, I do a lot of morning shows. I'm on Rachel Ray pretty frequently and, that's great. Um, yeah, that's, that's yeah. really cool. You're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm really doing this I mean, thing, yeah, I guess. All that hard work is, it sounds like it's paying off. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. And there's some other interesting projects in the pipeline. I can't divulge just yet, but, um, <laughs> well, you know where to find us <laughs> after this. <laughs> working on some, some fun, uh, on camera projects coming up that you'll hear about soon. So much uh, design journalism on the internet focuses on the new and the now, but we are not going to be talking about either of those things. We are going to be talking about historic homes and historic architecture. And today we have Robert Kadarian in the studio with us. Robert is Curb's uh, social media manager and also the author of a weekly column called Period Dramas. Mm-hmm. Wonderfully named. Oh, I thank you. We, it was we, a group we, effort. We couldn't get the rights <laughs> to keeping up with the Kadarian, so mm, <laughs> yeah, we nixed that plan. Yeah. Uh. Um, anyway, so Robert writes this awesome column and we thought he could come in and just chat with us briefly about um, just what you can expect if you've decided to to go out on a limb and buy an historic home. Yeah. So Robert, take it away. So, um, yeah, I am low key. I mean, not really low key. High I, key. Am, I am high key <laughs> obsessed with uh, historic houses. And one of the things that I really love to to hear about and kind of investigate are these personal stories uh, with respect to renovating houses and basically anybody that I come across that has bought a historic home or renovated one, I will just bombard them with all sorts of questions about how they kind of crafted and saved a uh, an older house and turned it into their their dream home. So one of my pieces that I that I wrote a couple of months ago was about seven seven different kind of tips and tricks for renovating historic houses. Um, I interviewed a kind of serial house renovator and also a fabulous interior designer and architect named Stephen Gambrell, who does a lot of work out in the Hamptons. And I kind of picked his brain about what uh, he'd recommend and kind of what are the what are the biggest um, parts to renovating a, a house and kind of it sounds obvious or I feel like it um, it's it sounds kind of obvious but his number one piece of advice was prepare for living in a historic house and mm. that kind of struck me because I was like okay well I never even thought about living in a historic house as a certain type of lifestyle but these older houses come with draftiness they come with <laughs> uneven floorboards they, ghosts yeah they come with ghosts 
Um, and you know, they'll come with like fewer bathrooms or smaller closets than you'll, than you'll want. They'll come with wonky kitchens. Mm-hmm. They'll come with. So what you're saying is it's, it's terrible. Well, <laughs> when it, it, it does, it's not modern. And right. I think that if you're a person that wants your house to be an even temperature at all times and not going to embrace, embrace like the, the draftiness that'll probably come in like the fall or the winter, then, you know, maybe start, maybe think like, okay, maybe I'll have like a modern house and just like outfit it with like beautiful moldings or like, you know, those, (laughs) those elements of older architecture. Um, So that was kind of something that I, that was very interesting. Uh, But no matter who I've spoken to, they always say the first thing you need to do is watch out for water. Water yes. damage seems to be the number one enemy um, in all in all respects. Whenever I take pictures of older houses or send friends like listings, they will immediately comment about potential areas for water damage. And that's you kinda, got some smart friends. They're very well. I, <laughs> they're I'm like I see some people. water damage. <laughs> you know, I'm emailing these people. Like I'll email Stephen, and then he'll he'll be like, Robert, stop emailing me. Like <laughs> I'll be like. But this house, and he's like, Robert, relax. So, and that's kind of the first thing that needs to be done when when renovating is you need to shore up the the exterior, the windows, the foundation, the the masonry to make the house watertight if it's if it's not already. Because if water is getting through, then it could potentially be a teardown. It could be a beautiful mm. house, but if the if the structural integrity isn't there, then it's going to be a money pit. You know, it's going to be like one of those horror stories that you sometimes <laughs> hear about. Um, so, yeah, you always need to, yeah, always need to watch out for water. And then something else that was very, uh, that I think is, is very, very good advice is you need to bring the right people along with you when looking at these houses. And, mm. you know, you'll be going back multiple times, probably. You're probably not buying the house on the spot. And you will, I mean, it, it serves you a purpose to, and, and it really, it, it really helps to bring along um, contractors and and also historians that really specialize in older buildings and older architecture. Because if you bring along a, a kind of like a builder or a contractor that specializes in or a home inspector that is looking at it in terms of what a modern house's code should be, mm-hmm. they're probably going to tell you things that aren't helpful like this house needs a lot of work and you're like yes clearly (laughs) yeah but let's get a little bit more specific about what that work could Um, be so you want to bring somebody that isn't that is aligned with your kind of ultimate goal of you know say that it's like restoring a a beautiful greek revival house um and preserving the moldings but you know addressing the uh the potential like of water damage or you know what have you mold and and such you'll want to think about your team yeah make sure your squad is right basically oh yeah we'd love and to br- go with you please i will always <laughs> i will always if you're in the new york area you should find me yeah <laughs> well thank you robert for coming in we really appreciate it yeah always always and read robert's column it is yes. again it's called period dramas <laughs> and it goes up every thursday um check it out yeah curb.com thank you So you mentioned some of the families that you're working with on the show and, you know, something I've been thinking a lot about and like in just in talking with with friends of color who work in this industry and other industries, just this idea that it can be so revolutionary to see black families in at home in repose with their loved ones, relaxing, cooking, like 
as a counter to some of the negative media imagery that we see constantly. Yeah. What is it like for you working in this industry and working with these families, you know, to have to have that be something that you're doing on a daily on a daily basis? You know, it's really interesting that you say that. I, you know, it there aren't a ton of black women um that are at the height of the design industry and at the top of the game and are being recognized. So, I feel um, you know, tremendously honored that I am being recognized for my talents. Um and uh, you know, one of my good friends is a photographer David Land and mm-hmm. we met because he photographed me for HGTV, HGTV magazine I think in 2010 and when we met and, and David had been photographing interiors for like 20 years and when we first met he said you know you're the first black person I've ever photographed in their home oh, as a designer wow. and I'm and like what? Like how long have you been working sir? <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? and he'd been and probably a while. Yeah he'd been photographing for a really long time mm-hmm. working in the business and he you know he just said that it, you know and we we got on this really long conversation about it and it's not because we don't have great homes it's why why are we not seeing more images of black people with beautiful homes or people of color and um, you know so it's it's a tough question to answer uh efficiently. But I think about, um, you know, just how fortunate I am to represent um, people of color in design. And, um, you know, as it relates to the work that I do on own, you know, I think it's really important that people are are seeing um, normal families of color. Mm-hmm. It's not just the Obamas. <laughs> you know, who are at home cooking right. and, and you know, and, and just being normal mm-hmm. because um, you don't always see those wholesome images um, of people of color, unfortunately. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, I wish, I think, I think the industry needs a little bit more diversity. And I think that there are a ton of talented people that just don't get recognized. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and I wish I could figure out a way to change that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but I you know I, I do feel lucky to be in the position that I am, I am in, and uh, and at least do my best to represent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so I I help edit the house calls series at Curved, and that's something that we're always thinking about and talking about. Mm-hmm. And you know, I and all of the editors I work with, like we do our best to make sure that we're representing people in the U.S. People in the U.S. Yeah. are of all backgrounds, immigrant families, you know, single parent households, like people live in a variety of arrangements. And so that's the kind of thing that I think is not just editorially interesting, but really reflective of this country. Yeah. Yeah. Why not do that? You know? Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Thank you. And thank you, Nicole. Appreciate that answer. Yeah. Yeah. So shifting just a little bit um, and getting back a little bit to your work, what are two things that you're working on that you can tell us about that you are excited about right now? Well, I just finished up a project in Jersey City that um, uh, I'll be pitching for press, so hopefully you guys will see that soon. And then I'm working on another design project on the Upper West Side, so that's nearing the end of completion. And, you know, one of my goals with any project I work on is to photograph it. You know, always having beautiful pictures of your work is really important. And, um, you know, I love to be able to showcase my work, so hopefully you'll be seeing those projects really soon. Awesome. That's great. So we like to do a little segment on the show called Thunder Round. (laughs) Okay. And we call it that because it's a little slower than a lightning round, (laughs) inevitably, every time. Um, And these are going to be just general questions. Some of them will be design-related, but also just about you as a person. Okay. Yeah. Um, All right. So are there any art shows, books, musicians that you love right now that you'd recommend? 
Um, totally unrelated to design. I just read this book by Aziz Ansari, Modern Romance. It talks how about is that? <laughs> yeah. How is that? I've heard a lot about it. I literally just finished listening listening to it on an Audible, mm. and it's so funny. It just breaks down like dating in the age of Tinder and like you know Oof. relationships. And, <laughs> but it's he's a hoot. I think he's really funny. So um, since we're doing the thunder round, that was the first thing that popped into my mind. But yeah, yeah. How about um, musicians? Are you listening to any good music right uh, now? New favorite song of the moment, Bruno Mars, 24 Karat Magic. Have y'all heard that song? I haven't heard it yet. I have oh. a friend who loves it. It's so good. <laughs> he just released it like last week and I've been playing it nonstop. I was listening to it when I was coming up the elevator. Your new pump <laughs> up song? <laughs> it is. It's like such a pump up song. Bruno Mars is like, he makes these songs that makes you want to dance, hmm. you know, and, his, and the video was like super fun and cool. It's like my Friday night anthem. He All was right. great at the Super Bowl with yeah. Beyonce. I'm like, if you can hold your own next to Beyonce. Yes. I will listen to your music. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So yeah, that's the song I'm 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 jamming to these days. It's a good one. Um so if you could travel anywhere in the world, where would you go? Um dying to go to Cuba. Mm, um, so yes. I'm trying to figure out how I can get myself there. I know there's direct flights and all that, but do you still, do y'all know? Do you need I, a visa? I mean, or like, how do you, I think you need like some intent, some yeah. intent that aligns with the intents that you're supposed to have going there, some sort of like missionary work or school. Right. Yeah. So I got to figure that out, but I really want to go to Cuba. Yeah. So that's high on my list. Same. If you could live in any other place in the world, where would you decide to move? Um, Maybe somewhere on the beach, like in the Caribbean, like a little, you know, thatched roof. Oh, you just want to get away. <laughs> yes. <laughs> get away from it all. Somewhere warm. <laughs> Escape. Winter's and, like, coming. Live in my bikini and, mm-hmm. you know, step out into the ocean every day and like, you know, exfoliate with sand and salt water. That would be the perfect life. <laughs> uh, sounds ideal. Yeah, that sounds pretty nice. Um, one more that I have on my mind. What is your favorite midnight snack? Steve's ice cream. Have you guys heard of Steve's, Steve's ice cream? Yes. First of all, I love ice cream. <laughs> and we have definitely devoted some time to talking about the ice cream maker I have at home on this show. Yes, oh, we MG, have. I just we bought an ice cream maker. Yes. It changes everything. Yes. Steve's is so good. Tell us what flavor do you like? What's so Steve's flavor? I like the coffee, cinnamon coffee, and the burnt sugar vanilla are Wait, probably yes. my These two are next favorites. level. These sound incredible. They're insane. It's like small batch artisanal ice cream, and they have a lot of dairy free flavors that don't taste dairy free and it's just so good are you do you are you like lactose intolerant I'm or vegan not, I'm not lactose intolerant but I like to eat really healthy and mm. I eat very little dairy yeah. um uh just for yeah know, no that's great reasons. and if you can get the same dairy full tastes out of a dairy free ice cream then yes so be it but Steve's ice cream is everything so it you is should really totally good. try it yeah, yeah. Yeah, they did not pay us to say that. It is actually just (laughs) that good. Not (laughs) sponsored. I will look for it in my small artisanal packing grocery store in Brooklyn. Yeah, you can get it. I'm sure they have it because it's a Brooklyn. They're based in Brooklyn, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, you'll you'll be fine. You'll be able to find it. Do Instacart. (laughs) I I get it on Instacart from Whole Foods. Like they'll deliver to your house. Oh my god, you get it. I love that. I get everything (laughs) delivered. I like don't shop for anything. I iPhone or on my computer, everything is like Google Express. Mm -hmm. You know, I it's 2016. Yeah, Yeah. that is truly the way to be, especially in New York. Yeah, yeah. Well, Nicole, thank you so so much for coming in. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much. It was so fun. Appreciate it. You just listened to another episode of the Curved Appeal with interior designer Nicole Gibbons. If you liked what you heard, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or in the podcast section of the Spotify app. And if you 
really liked what you heard and happen to know <laughs> Oprah, hook us up. Yes, we would love to have her in the studio. So please do that favor for us. If you'd like to find Nicole online, you can find her on Instagram at Nicole Gibbons Style. And you can also check out her show, Homemade Simple, on the Oprah Winfrey Network on Saturday mornings. Ta-ta. Ta-ta.